Well, hello everyone. This is Takeover Tuesday, and I'm your host, Dermot Buffini. And as you know, once a month I take over the Brian Buffini Show, and I interview people who've been there and done that, people who've achieved superior performance in different areas of life. And I want to know what makes the person as much as what makes the success. And today, I have two. And it's our first on the show. We have a husband and wife team. I'm joined today by Lennox and Deanna Scott. You're very welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Great to have you guys. Just to kind of give a bit of background to our relationship is that I've known Lennox for probably 15 years. He's one of the first people I met in the real estate industry when I arrived here from Ireland. And Lennox has a fantastic company and a great story. The John L. Scott Real Estate Company is based up in Seattle. And uh, it's a very, very large company. It's one of the largest privately owned real estate companies in the country with over 3,000 people working at the company, 110 offices. I believe this year you're celebrating your 86th year anniversary? Yes. Which is pretty remarkable considering the country's only 241 years old. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, before we get into this great story that we have and this great content that we have to share today, Lennox, you know, you're the third generation Scott in the business. And literally, you guys are Scots. Uh, where did the story start? Your grandfather, where, where did he come from? Well, first of all, we just want to say thank you for the invitation and opportunity to be part of your program. Oh, you're welcome. Yes. So John L. came over from Scotland in the 20s, uh, 1920s, that is, and uh, started the company in 1931. So oh. we have a long heritage of a family-oriented company, family team. My dad came into the company uh, was the leader for many, many uh, decades, and now it's our turn, our mm-hmm. team, to uh, carry it forward. And there's a fourth generation just entering oh, really? the company. Oh, wow. Uh, my daughter, Savannah, oh, will, will be joining us right after college. Well, that's fantastic. That's, that's amazing. I want to ask you a question about that here in a second. But where, where did your grandfather come from? Where did he hail from? Well, he came from Glasgow. Glasgow. Came across uh, through Ellis Island. Yeah. He was a shipbuilding engineer, and he was actually heading down right to where we are right now, to San Diego, (laughs) but he stopped into Seattle on the way down, and he said it reminded him of Scotland, (laughs) and so he stayed there. (laughs) Wow. So what did he do from 1920 to 1931? I mean, what was his journey? What was he doing? Was he just like every other immigrant trying to figure out a way to... He was in the shipbuilding business, was he? Uh, He didn't go into that. He Hmm. went into to working uh, with a timber company Mm. for land management and purchases, Mm -hmm. uh, then came into residential real estate and then started his own firm. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So, you know, you were a very young man when you took the helm. How old were you when you became CEO and chairman? I was uh, 23 years old. Wow. My dad, unfortunately, he passed away. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had cancer and He's just such a hero of mine. He had cancer for four years. He fought it. Mm. He allowed me to get through college and be part of the company mm-hmm. and help me move forward. Yeah. I mean, at 23 years of age, that's a, a pretty awesome responsibility. How big was the company then? And We had about 270 sales associates at, at that time. Mm-hmm. And then I became president at age 25. And then we hit right into the major recession of the 1980s. Mm-hmm. So I became president January 1st, and mm-hmm. by March, we were at 16% interest rates. Oh, my gosh. And because of the uh, loyalty and friendship and love that the whole team had for my dad, they said, Lennox, we're going to support you. 
we're going to uh, work mm. through this and uh, move forward in a very collaborative environment mm-hmm. that we still have today. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty remarkable, a 23-year-old taking over. It's not just a business, right? This is your grandfather's start. This is right. I mean, what did that feel like for you at 23 years of age, and what did you learn from that experience? Well, in the beginning, it was just getting through that major recession. And how we did that is we got together every Saturday and huddled up as a leadership team, got our heads on straight and went back out the next day. And we did that for a good, you know, maybe year and a half during the most critical time. And then as I matured up to get into the role of being a great president, and then taking it on, what do we want to accomplish as a team? Not just their team moving forward, really having that uh, introspective perspective with my teammates Mm -hmm. to figure out what do we want to accomplish and what do Mm -hmm. we want to do. And that happened in the mid-80s. That's interesting because a lot of guys would say, if it's going to be, it's up to me. And it doesn't sound like you took that approach. You allowed yourself to lean into others. You allowed them to help mentor you. They understood the responsibility that you had on your shoulders, but they didn't, they didn't expect you to do it all yourself. And what I think is fantastic is the fact that you allowed them to lead you and, and it become this collaborative effort. Is that right? Right. Together we moved forward. Hmm. I did not have all the information. I surely <laughs> didn't have all the answers. And that's kind of the way we approach things today. Mm-hmm. We'll take a look at something. I said, what are we going to do about it? Instead yeah. of me just putting mm-hmm. it out there, mm-hmm. you know, I have my thoughts to put into it. But, you know, getting the group involved and mm-hmm. coming up with uh, where we're going. There's so many people who are working in a family business, like myself and my brother. Yes. And we worked in our father's business. You know, I think 25% of all businesses will be passed to the, someone inside of a family, and they take it over, and their job is to build it. What advice would you give somebody who had suddenly found themselves in the spot that you're in? What ex- advice would you give them? Well, it's really uh, you know looking forward, and what do you want to accomplish in life? What's the legacy you want to leave? And... Just, uh, you know, discoveries as you go along, as you mature up, as you become great yourself as an individual, Mm -hmm. it allows the team to expand even further. So it's going to seminars, reading books, Mm -hmm. getting coaching. (laughs) I like that. And just growing yourself allows for the company, Mm -hmm. you know, to uh, maximize and grow. And it's continually learning. Mm, You know, when you go to college, you have term papers. Mm -hmm. You're never done doing term papers. Mm -hmm. It's always discovery, writing up game plans, getting in focus groups, strategy groups. And that's one thing we do uh, today. Mm -hmm. We have three strategy meetings each month. Mm -hmm. One overall, one on residential, and one on bringing in new team members. Mm -hmm. And these are a couple-hour meetings we have each month just to talk Mm -hmm. about strategies and concepts. Mm -hmm. What do we want to accomplish? Mm -hmm. And now we have a technology group, so we kind of have four of them now. Each month we have these meetings to uh, look forward to what's coming up. Mm. So did the burden of carrying on a family, the grandfather's and their father's business, did that ever feel like a burden? It never felt like a burden. It was a real blessing. They gave me a gift, and the gift was not just the company. The gift was being able to step into leadership, Mm. to be able to be a force in the matter, Mm -hmm. and to be a leader and help create the conversation, the excitement, the inspiration, and to be of support to others. You know, I've seen you back this up. I mean, when we do an event, you're a busy guy. You could give a seminar yourself, but anytime we come into town, you're there, you're present, and you're in the front row. And I know that you're learning, but I also know that you're being an example to others. And I, I've seen you do that for years, and I've always appreciated that because it says a lot about the humility that you have 
and um, how important learning is. Well, whenever the Pafini organization has a seminar, I'm there. <laughs> well, we appreciate it. <laughs> we appreciate it. We do. You're known as an innovative guy. I mean, you're known as one of the most innovative guys in real estate. And what I'm hearing you say is it's just part of your culture. How important is innovation to business? And why is it so important? And why do you have to be careful with it? Well, it, it is a culture within the company. As new technologies keep coming forward, we're already anticipating them and talking, you know, five years, 10 years down the road. Mm -hmm. So when the technology hits, we're ready to go. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not thinking about it five years later. Mm -hmm. And it all started out with having our own TV show, interactive voice response systems, and then the internet came. And that was the most exciting time when the internet came. It changed mm -hmm. the industry, the marketing, communication, everything. And I remember it was a, a two minute conversation. Our uh, young technology person said, Lennox, there's something you should take a look at. It's called the Internet. And I said, well, okay, well, show it to me. And he showed it to me, and I said, we can have all of our listings on this computer, and everybody in the world can see it. And he said, well, basically, I said, go. Mm. You know, because we just keep looking for that advancement to be a better service to our clients, you know, for our uh, broker associates to support their relationships and their business. Mm. Fantastic. Well, I think that your father and your grandfather would be very, very proud of what you've accomplished and what you've done. Thank you. Um, not only have you built a great company, but you've got a great name in the industry, and you're a nice guy too. So I don't know how you managed to do all that, but uh, maybe I can learn that last part from you. How can we be successful and stay nice guys? So I just want to acknowledge that, because I know a lot of times when you're leading from the front, you're kind of always looking to where you're going, and maybe you don't hear an outside perspective. So I appreciate you sharing that, and as I said, just the contribution that you guys make in the industry and, and serving your clients, and I think they'd be raising a wee, a wee dram of something to you looking down. <laughs> as they uh, as they toast you and the success that you've had so I want to pivot a little bit because I want to talk to your beautiful wife here for a minute oh, because you. you have a pretty amazing story and you've got a book coming out called Speaking the Language of Miracles yes I read your book it's fantastic it's my kind of book it pulls me in there's some pictures in it it tells you what to do but let's give a little bit of your background and let's maybe we start with you know your son Brandon and sure. I believe it was September 2005, is that right? Correct. You got some news that um, a parent never wants to get. Correct. And uh, he was 10 years old. My son's always been an athlete his whole life. Mm -hmm. The healthiest member of the whole family rarely ever came down sick. Mm -hmm. And right after a baseball tournament that he won, mm. we wanted to celebrate with a round of golf. <laughs> so right after the tournament, we went out celebrating playing golf, and that next morning, he woke up and said that he didn't want to go to school, that he wasn't feeling well. And I right away said, okay, let me take you to the doctors. Mm which we went to the doctors at 8 a.m., which I never do. Mm. If I didn't take my son to the doctors that day, he wouldn't be here today. Mm. A mother's instinct, huh? Again, whenever my kids get sick, I always wait a couple days to yeah. observe, to see how mm -hmm. sick sure. they're right. getting, how well they're getting. Took him to the doctors that day. The doctor said, Deanna, most likely he just has a common cold. If he wants to stay home, just keep him home. As we were leaving, walking out the door, the doctor comes running out and says, Deanna, do you have time for Brandon to take a blood test? Mono is going around mm -hmm. in his school and I want to rule it out. And I go, sure. So we walk back in. 
Brandon takes the blood test, and the doctor says to me, Deanna, it will take a couple days, two to three days, to get the blood test back, but if Brandon wants to stay home, keep him home. So I asked Brandon if we left the doctor's office. I asked Brandon if he wanted to go with me to go take care of his sister's horse, which was in a very rural area. There's no cell service. We're there for about two hours taking care of his sister's horse, and right then we hear the cell phone. (laughs) And Brandon's first response is, Mommy, that's weird. Mm -hmm. We never have cell service Mm -hmm. here. So Mm -hmm. I answer the phone, and it was the doctor in a panic saying, Deanna, quickly get Brandon to Children's Hospital. His blood counts at a certain level, Mm -hmm. and they are waiting for your arrival. Right then, I go to call his dad. There's no cell service. I immediately (laughs) rush him to the emergency at Children's Hospital. Right then, they do an emergency blood transfusion. But at that time, the doctors share with us, I'm sorry to share this with you, but your son has this type of leukemia and he will not be leaving the hospital. Mm. Right then, Brandon goes to me, Mommy, does this mean I'm going to die? And I said, Brandon, do you want to die? He goes, no, Mommy. I says, you're not going anywhere. Mm. This is just a situation. This is not who you are. And that's how our journey began. Wow. So... It sounds to me like he was processing. He got it real quick. He knew. Oh, the both of us. It was like an outer body experience of doctors telling us the worst things that you could possibly hear. Mm -hmm. How did you so quickly come to receive the news? Have people kind of telling you, this is your lot. This is what's going to happen here. Your son processing that too, immediately turning to you to ask you, how did you go so quickly to kind of go and obviously was it, it reassurance? Was, it was, was so it? bad what the doctors were sharing with us that I rebuked it. Mm-hmm. I what, wouldn't and were they own doing it. this in front of Brandon? I would not own it. Yes. Oh. Yes. And so finally I told the doctors, please do not go in my son's room and tell him how sick he is. Tell mm-hmm. me. So they would share with me the absolute worst things that you could possibly hear and like people today, what type of leukemia did he have? I don't know because mm-hmm. I wouldn't own it. I know that there's 12 types of leukemia. Brandon had the most rarest form that the doctor said he would not mm. live through this. So was Brandon kind of looked to you just kind of like, okay, mommy, I'm, I'm going because he's 10 years of age. He's yes. like, okay, I'm going to do this. Yes. I, and then what happened after that? What was the, how long was the process and how we did you keep in, that environment for him? We lived in the hospital for eight months. Mm. Again, every day was a miracle that we saw through our mindset, through his affirmations. Again, my friends would come up to me and share, Deanna, I see you at your most happiest. I never see you crying or breaking out. How are you doing this? I would share with everyone, I'm walking in the outcome mm-hmm. of my son leaving the hospital. Remember Brandon, who he was before. Brandon is not the illness. Mm-hmm. Brandon would wake up in the morning and do his affirmations. I am a healthy child of God over and over and over. Mm-hmm. I have healthy blood cells throughout my body. Mm-hmm. Some days he would be throwing up buckets of blood. Mm-hmm. And I would constantly remind him that he is not the illness. Brandon, what are you going to be when you grow up? He would say, Mommy, I'm going to be an NBA player 
You kept talking about the future. Yes. You didn't talk about where you were. Yes. You were talking about, hey, what are you going to do when you grow up? Yes. And his bedroom that he had in the hospital, there wasn't one bare wall. We took every mm. picture of him playing football, soccer, baseball, blew him up. So when he woke up in the morning, he saw himself, visualized himself well. Mm. How did you learn to do this? I mean, was this something that just happened on the day that you found out he was diagnosed, or is there a backstory? Because I can tell you, for me, if that happened to me, mm-hmm. I think I'd be in such shock in the moment. I don't know if I would have that. It's almost a supernatural response, or was it something that you had learned beforehand? Because I know in your own story, you know, in the book, you talk about you had been left for dead. You were pronounced dead at I one time. I was pronounced dead at 15 years of age through a motorcycle accident. Hmm. At the scene of the accident, we were going around a blind corner, and there was no helmet laws back then. Mm. This person came around this blind corner on our side of the road. The only thing I remember is seeing the front of the car. Mm. We swerved around it, and I hit the telephone pole going 60 miles an hour head on. No helmet. No helmet. My face, all on the left side of me, was all eggshells. I've had no plastic surgery, <laughs> I'm happy to say. I was wrapped up like a mummy, and I was in a coma for three months. I was in the burn ward. So when I woke up, they wouldn't allow me to have a mirror. I was in such bad shape, my dad could not visit me in the hospital. He couldn't see me that way. He belonged to a church that he had 500 people praying for me. Again, when I woke up, I was very angry because they told me all these things that I couldn't do. I couldn't ride a bicycle, couldn't ride my horse. I had four horses at the time. My mom sold all my horses, couldn't drive a car. They were telling me all these things that I couldn't do. I got so furious. I screamed and yelled at the doctors, don't you ever tell me what I can and can't do Mm. and watch me. I will do everything. Mm. And I'm driving today. I can ride a bicycle. Again, if I would have been listening to them tell me I can't Mm. basically live, that is walking in the situation. Mm. And so was it innate? Was it just a kind of deep in yourself like, hey, this is my own response and my reaction to this. I'm going to be determined about this. So at age 16, my mom, again, she was walking in what the doctors were telling her. And God bless her. She was only trying to protect me. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it created separation between my mom and I when we used to be best friends. And I'm best mm-hmm. friends today with my mom. Mm-hmm. But back then, my mom was saying, Deanna, if you can't obey by my rules, you have to leave. And so I said, okay. Mm. And I left. And I've been on my own since I was 16 years Mm. old. I surrounded myself with very successful people. Mm. And I witnessed people walking in the situation. I could have that clarity. Mm -hmm. I watched my friends back then that were into drugs I watched them lose their lives Mm. so again it was the situation Mm -hmm. I can make the distinction okay if I put myself in here that's a positive Mm -hmm. if I go down that route 
obviously it's a negative. You, you use the term walk in the situation. Maybe another way of saying that as well is you didn't let the circumstances define no. you no. or what you were going to do. No. And so, so it's very innate. So it was just kind of a determination. I mean, I'm sitting here, and, and if you guys could see what I'm seeing, this is a determined lady. <laughs> Lennox, I would say, yes, ma'am, yes, dear, go for it. You, whatever you want to do, honey. Um, Again, whatever you think, you'll create. Mm. So by us creating this book, I'm wanting to remind everyone how powerful they are mm. and stop walking in the situation mm. because the situation isn't who you are. Right. So you did it for yourself, first of all. Is what I'm hearing. You kind of pull yourself up through your own bootstraps. Probably the only thing you were agreeable to was, okay, I'm not getting on the back of a motorcycle, but everything else I'm doing. Yes. <laughs> so you did it for yourself. Now fast forward back, you're in the hospital with Brandon. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to process this as we're talking. If it were me for me, I could probably do it for, you know, for me because I can take that pain. To see my kid going through it, I think I would uh, definitely put on a braver face again and I would want to be determined. How did you deal with your own feelings when you weren't around, or were there any other feelings yes, than what you were it's saying? it's so important to rejuvenate yourself mm. through this situation. You have to take yourself out of the situation and walk in solutions. Mm. And part of that is rejuvenating yourself. Mm. So what I would do is I would go to the gym every single day, I would take an hour spin class, mm. I did volunteer work with animals, which I love. Whilst he was going through his yes, treatment. Yes, yes. We lived in the hospital for eight months. Mm -hmm. Mind you, that the doctors were telling me the worst things, mm -hmm. the worst things, right? We, uh, my daughter, she continued her horse riding lessons. My ex-husband, he would spend the night one night, and then I would spend the night the next night, but we would both see him every mm -hmm. single day. And he would see his sister every single day. He would see his friends every single day. So you kept a certain level of normalcy. Yes. And so uh, important. And when you're working out, were you able to then deal with, because I keep going back to like for me, okay, I got to be strong for him. I've got to believe that for, for him. I've got to create this environment. Did that help in your own processing of the situation? You know, how you were feeling at the time and how were you feeling at the time? I was every single day walking in the outcome of my son leaving the hospital. Every single day that the doctors would tell me the most horrific things, mm -hmm. I would rebuke it. I would not retain it. So bottom line is, you were doing, when you were in private, mm -hmm. the same as what you were doing in front of Brandon. You didn't yes. open that door. No. So hmm. when my son would see me every single time walking in, he never saw me crying. Mm -hmm. He would see me happy mm -hmm. because I would bring him joy from me doing volunteer work. Mm -hmm. I would release all that negative that the doctors mm -hmm. were telling me through spin class. Mm -hmm. I would go to concerts right down the street with my friends. Mm -hmm. And then I would be so mm -hmm. pumped up, I would share it with, because mm -hmm. my son wanted to see me smile. Mm -hmm. He wanted me happy. So he fed off your energy. Yes. D did you cry? Actually, I broke down crying just one time at the Faith Hill concert. Over the song, um, uh, Live Like You Were Dying. Yes. Mm. Yes. And at the end of the concert, I was so pumped up. I just brought that energy right back to him. Mm. And. Wow. So, and I mean, the doctors are doing their job, right? They're preparing yes, you for the worst. They're walking in the solutions. Yeah. And they also know their limitations as humans. 
Yes. I mean, they're limited. They only know so much. They have a prescription. They go, you've got this. I give you that. But you were like, okay, I, I get I, that. I but just I'm asked not- the doctors only hmm. one thing. Please do not go in my son's room and share how sick he is. Hmm. Share it with me. Hmm. He's only 10 years old. He's going to believe you. Hmm. So the affirmations, did he learn them in the hospital? When did that, when did oh, that become no, part of it? Oh, it, no. It's part of our whole entire life. Like just having our kids always walking in the outcome mm-hmm. of what you want to achieve. I always taught my kids, there isn't anything you can't have today. Just look at the outcome. Is it positive or negative? Mm-hmm. That's great. So and because when you look in the outcome of what you want to achieve, is it positive or negative? You'll always make the right choices. So take us through, you were there eight months. Mm-hmm. You created the environment for him. You protected him from the negativity. You protected him from what the outcomes could be. And so he himself was a teacher on the third wing to Hmm. all the other cancer patients. Hmm. I'm telling you, if you saw my son, he was never just laying down in bed. He was sharing Hmm. this with everyone else. Hmm. Because mommy believed it, too. Mommy's like, no, this is what we're doing. Well, again... And that's part of it, too. You have to walk in faith hmm. of him leaving the hospital. And he did leave yes, the hospital. Yes, he did. And how he did that was his affirmations was, Mom, when we leave here, I'm going to bring my family to Atlantis. <laughs> and he did. He wanted to go down those water when slides. When he was an adult, he was going to do that. No, 10. Oh, when he left the hospital. Oh, I see. <laughs> He visualized himself going down those water slides, and he's never been there. Hmm. We've never been to the Bahamas, but he shared, Mom, when, and I, okay. <laughs> and that's how So many, that was his vision. Yeah, I saw the picture of him on the book going yes, down the... Yes, going down that slide. So he gets out of the, the hospital, mm-hmm. and then, you know, he's 10 years of age. What, what do the next couple of years look like for him? The first five years, he was embarrassed that this happened to him. Sorry, let me ask a question. Sure. After he got out, is he completely cancer-free? Right? He's le- yes. Leukemia. It, it, was, it was amazing because he wasn't... Two other kids, I'm sorry to say, are mm. not here today mm. with the same illness that Brandon had. Mm. And the distinctions that I can share that I saw is... Mm. They were walking in the illness. What did the doctors say to you? I mean, were they, okay, he's one of the lucky ones, or were any of them uh, impacted by what had happened? Every day, the doctors were surprised. Like, for instance, they said because of Brandon's type of leukemia that he had, he would absolutely need a bone marrow transplant. And so none of us they took our blood none of us was a match Mm -hmm. and so they had to go into to see what match he would need he had to be put under and so i says brandon do this right before he got put under he wrote three pages i am a healthy child of god and i have healthy blood cells throughout my body Mm. over and over and over as he was saying it he would write it down when the doctors, when he woke up and the doctors came back to share with us what type P would need, he says, I am happy to share. This has never happened to me ever, but I'm happy to share that your son does not need a bone marrow transplant <laughs> and that he has a higher chance of living. 
incredible. So, so we saw miracles like that every single day because of our mindset. We were constantly walking in the outcome. We were laughing. We would watch, you know, funny videos. What does it mean to just specific to you when you say you guys were walking in the outcome? I've heard you say it, but can you say what that means? Sure. Whatever your situation is in your life today, walk in the outcome of what you want to achieve. Never mm. walk in the situation. Always walk in solutions of what you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. That's great. And tell me about Brandon today. Ah, he's 22. He is... He's uh, a handsome dude. <laughs> he goes to the University of Washington, mm -hmm. and right now he is working hard to be on the golf team there. That's fantastic. Yes. I'm sorry he's not here right now. He wanted to be on the broadcast, but he's in college and he's trying to make his outcome happen yes. again yes he is <laughs> I love it and no problems he's healthy oh healthy as can be that's fantastic and yes. how much of that does he still apply today or how much is he still writing those affirmations oh yes yes he is a walking miracle then yes he is let me ask you this because I do believe in miracles mm -hmm. okay but I think like most people I think they're for other people that miracle is not for me that happens to other people there's people listening in right now who may be going through something themselves like this, have a kid, someone close to them who are going through this where it seems impossible. What would you say to them? The miracles are in each and every one of us. Mm. What is so important is that we surround ourselves with positive people. Mm -hmm. Situations always will happen to each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. What's important is that we rise above it, know that that's a situation and not to own it mm. because that's the enemy so when i hear you say that be around people who can help you see the possibilities not oh, the problems absolutely mm. to always walk in solutions mm. the situation is mm. our enemy and mm. so the what does the enemy want to do rob us you mm. know mm -hmm. and keep us in the situation the fastest way out of the situation is to walk in solutions mm. Mm, that's great. Wow, it's an amazing story. It's one that you can, you know, a lot of people, you can hear about those things, but you cannot, sitting here in front of you, this is real. This happened. I can see it in you. This yes. is what you got, you did. And it and doesn't I, take months. Right. It doesn't take months. Mm. All it takes is a mindset, mm. a mind shift. Right. And it doesn't have to be as dramatic as no. what you went through. No. You know, you were saying earlier on about, you know, we were talking about, you know, it's good for people to get counseling. It's good for people to go through the process of understanding and how healthy that is. Mm -hmm. But you said something that I, I, I thought was great, which is at some point you got to decide if you want to keep going through counseling or you move to the outcome you want to see. You take action yes. and, and sort of draw a line in the sand and say, that's where I've been. That's what's happened. I acknowledge it. I see it. That mm -hmm. was painful. That hurt. But I'm not living in that prison cell anymore. I'm walking no. out the door. No. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And we talked about our coaches help a lot of folks do that too. It's like they come in, you know, life is difficult. It's mm -hmm. tough. They've got somebody who's not emotionally connected to it, speaking yes. into their world and saying, here, what can you do? Exactly. And again, whatever you think, you'll create. Mm. So look at all the great things you have today. Mm-hmm. You created that mm -hmm. with positive mm -hmm. energy. Mm -hmm. If you have anything in your life that you don't like, you need to look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Why are you attracting this into your life? Mm -hmm. 
That's interesting. Well, you did attract something into your life, and that was the man sitting beside you. Yes. And he's an attractive man, you know. <laughs> I can say that yes, in, a, in a very confident way. I mean, you're not my type, but, you know, you're a handsome man. Yeah, it's just a fantastic story about Brandon. But you guys met, and you met at a very interesting time, because where I'm going to oh, go, you oh, just didn't apply this in your life. You've applied this in your business, Lennox. And so tell me about how you guys met, because you met during when all hell was breaking loose in the real estate industry. 50% of the agents went out of business, and the ones that were left probably took a 50% haircut in their, their income, and the world was falling apart, and you and Deanna meet. And so tell me about how did you guys meet, and how did you start applying this to your business? Well, every day I say, thank you, Lord, for introducing <laughs> Deanna into my life. <laughs> honey, you're just so full of love and inspiration. <laughs> love and, you, honey. Yes, love you. We met in 2008, mm-hmm. and Dermot, as you were saying, it was just at the start of what we now know as the Great Recession. Mm-hmm. The business was off 35%, mm-hmm. uh, prices were off 35%, mm-hmm. and that equated into a 50 to 60% mm-hmm. uh, less revenues as a company. And I met Deanna in uh, 2008, and shortly thereafter, I was talking to her about her business. I said, uh, honey, how come you're doing so great in your business as a uh, dog grooming business? Mm. And she just said, what did you say, honey? The recession isn't who I am. Mm. I'm ignoring it. I'm not participating. Well, I don't listen to the news. I don't listen to people tell me what I can and can't do. Mm. And Lennox would see my phone just get new referrals every single day. Mm. And I don't advertise. I'm word of mouth. And as my two other friends of mine that own a dog grooming business, they did go under. Hmm. But again, the distinctions is they were walking in the recession. Hmm. They were thinking... It owned them. Yes. Hmm. Yes, exactly. And we've always been very positive. Hmm. We've always used affirmations as a company. Hmm. Growing up, just being proactive, positive, moving forward. But then when I heard Deanna's story... It just created a higher state of being and a higher state of being for our company uh, with the language that Deanna was using. It created distinctions and clarity mm-hmm. and making the situation, you're reminding us, it's just a situation. And we always kind of looked at it that mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. but this just brought more focus and a game plan of an approach. And in Deanna's case, it was with Brandon about health, but Deanna's used it in all the areas of her life. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, I said, can I use some of your uh, your affirmations and your concepts within our business? And she gracefully said yes. And then we uh, came back and applied it into the company during the mm-hmm. deepest part of the recession, the end of 2008, heading into 2009, uh, was at that time. Mm. And it made such a difference. Talk to me about that, because I know what it's like to be an excited leader coming back inside the company and saying, hey, guys, here's what we're going to do. And looking in the faces going, yeah, best of luck with that. How much was everybody on board? How do you get everybody on board with it? Or did everybody get on board with it? Well, as we know, certain numbers of people left the industry Mm -hmm. and they obviously uh, it didn't work out for them the recession. But I, as a leader with our leadership team, and I'm in each individual office talking with our broker associates and going over these uh, concepts of walking in the positive solution. Mm. And and you see, it's just not with business. What's so wonderful is it applies in every part of their life. So when they're walking full out at their work, when they come home, they're Mm. walking full out. 
in yeah. what they want to create because they're much more than just their work. Well, I think you're bringing up a great point because I think the same way, and maybe I outed myself a little bit when I was asking you, okay, did you fall apart when you weren't in front of Brandon? Because I think it's so easy, as, especially as a leader, you take on a role. Right. And you have to take on a role, right? You've got to walk in. Some days you're William Wallace standing over there ready to take the hill. And other times, you know, I'm in my office, you know, (laughs) covering in the corner going, I don't know what to do on my knees. But what I'm hearing you say is in order for this to become real, in order for this to happen, the integrity of I'm not just like that when I'm in front of Brandon. I'm not just like that when I'm in front of the customer or in front of my employees. I'm taking this home with me and this is something I'm going to have integrity they say is being the same on the inside as the outside is that what i'm hearing you guys say yes yep. you know during the great recession of course we had our business smart conversations of running the business and doing mm-hmm. what we had to do because yep. we had to reduce square footage yep. and personnel all those tough decisions yep. but over here in working with our leadership team our broker associates mm-hmm. it was you know basically writing it and putting it up on the wall mm. where you what, can see it yeah. what are we going to do about it mm-hmm. And we knew what our goal was, is to find homeowners who really wanted to sell their home or working foreclosures and finding buyers that wanted to take advantage of the opportunity mm-hmm. at that moment in time to move forward. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they came out with the home buyer tax credit right at that time to put a floor underneath the economy mm-hmm. to allow some time for it to recover. And so we were able to move that opportunity forward. So as you were looking for opportunities, some were presented. Yes. But you weren't waiting for somebody else to create the opportunity. No. My granddad was in the uh, Great Depression. Mm. He sold homes. Mm. There were people that needed our services. Mm. And I was able to go back and and share that story Mm. with our team Mm. of no matter what the situation is, people need our help. They need a professional. Mm -hmm. Just like in this surge market, they need a professional to be able to excel or to get a home. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't matter what the situation is. It's Mm -hmm. individuals need a professional. Mm-hmm. And this creates leaders mm-hmm. for each yeah, and right. every one of us. Yeah. And back to kind of what I was saying about, I can't imagine everybody was as euphoric as you were about the possibilities, were they? Well, I this, mean, the, this is who we are. This is where we're going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you so, have a choice. That's right. So, but because you were, yeah, it's sort of qualified who could opt in or opt out. They can do either. That's their choice. Right. And I think that what I found is a lot of times people, even in this story, there's a lot of people like, eh, you're the lucky ones. But the thing about it is, is that I've seen too many times where people make their choices and they put up in front of them and other people start to go, oh my gosh, like I'm starting to see that vision become a reality. When you see a leader put that against the wall and be enthusiastic, I think eventually it does influence other folks. Yes. You know, we're talking about extreme situations with Brandon, with cancer, and with the uh, great recession we went through. But situations come up all the time. Right. With the clarity now, it's just a situation. It's not who I am. Mm -hmm. Are you going to walk in it? Mm. Or are you going to walk in solutions? And these Mm. these situations, there's two types of situations. There's those that are in distress, you know, distressful situations, and then there's situations of opportunity because of where you want to go. But they're both in the same Mm -hmm. genre here of they're a situation, now what am I going to do about it, and I can do it now. Mm. Well, you know what I think is amazing, Lennox, is the fact that, you know, we went through it too. We had 400 employees. We went down to 100. We worked through the same process. We did what we needed to do. But I think at the end of the day, maybe it wasn't as clearly defined as what you're defining. But I think myself and Brian and the leadership team had it where we're like, 
we're not going to lose. Right. Like we've drawn a line in the sand. Yeah. This is as far as we're going to go. And now we're, we're going to win. Or right. we're going to continue to do what we know we can do and do the right things until such time it changes. Yes. I think you do have to make those, those decisions. You know, and also, if I may, just on a personal level, I mean, I remember, and you've always been such a gentleman, Lennox, always such a good man. But I could tell you were different. Even today, like you found two or three more gears. I mean, the joy I see in you today is palpable. Not that you weren't. You were a happy man. You know, there's something in you. And, and I don't know how much that's connected to your relationship and how you guys have connected, but you're on fire every time I see you. Well, thank you. You know, part of it is what we have communicated already today. And the other part is personal faith. Mm. And for me, personal faith also helped take it up to a whole nother level. Mm. We have an expression in the uh, company, a couple of them, actually. The first one is... A house is just a structure. A home is created from the hearts of those within. Mm. Let me say it one more time. Mm. A house is just a structure. A home is created from the hearts of those mm. within. That's great. And that's who we work for. Mm. You know, it's about the possibilities in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, we do over 37,000 transactions, mm-hmm. but they're one transaction at a time, mm-hmm. each individual client. Mm-hmm. So within our business, we focus in on transactional excellence being our best for our individual client. Mm -hmm. But we have a higher purpose as a company. Mm. And this really came about this last several years as we've matured up as a company. And our core value is living life as a contribution. Mm. And with that, we get extra energy. And we do that all throughout business and in our Mm -hmm. personal lives. In business, we do that with uh, each individual client. We're there to be a contribution. The kids at Children's Hospital through our John L. Scott Foundation with our teammates. And then we take it home with our family and friends, our community, and our place of faith. Mm. And that's one of the true joys of living life is being a contribution Mm -hmm. to another person. And that just inspires Mm -hmm. as an individual what I'm able to contribute and Mm. and be a force in the matter. And uh, That's that's fantastic. Because I think there's so many, like you guys did over $13 billion in sales last year. Yes. I mean, I don't know about you, but I found that, you know, we've done pretty well, but a lot of times the growth is just not where that's not it. I mean, it's cool, and but there's more, and it can, yes. can, can become empty if your conversations are just about how many do you have, how many transactions, what was the bottom and top lines. It, it can lose the meaning of the platform you have as a business and as individuals to contribute. And that's what I'm hearing you say is is really driving your company today. It's the platform. And for each of us individually within our team, it's about just you know helping that individual, whether they're coming out of distress as a homeowner mm-hmm. or moving forward in opportunity. Because mm-hmm. we know these life events happen, both on the distress side and the opportunity side, and we're there to help each mm-hmm. individual person mm-hmm. get complete with the distress and move forward in the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Just the same thing as what you're talking yes. about you do for your customers. Okay, question for you guys, because this doesn't happen by accident. You're not robots, right? You guys are very present. You're not, for those skeptics on here, this is not delusional central here. <laughs> this is, and you, we talked a little bit about here this morning, but could you share what a typical day looks like for both of you? And the routines, there's routines associated with what you're describing. You know, you talked to me about this morning, before you set foot on the bed, your routine yes. is starting. So why don't you talk a little bit about what people can do and what your routine looks like on a daily basis? It is different on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Recently, I had to 
take myself out of the situation out of my own home. We're going through a remodel. Mm, that's fun. And <laughs> I had to take myself out of the situation, and I thank God every day we have a beautiful vacation home mm-hmm. in Malibu here. Mm-hmm. But before we get out of bed, we say our affirmations. I am receiving all great blessings today. I am a contribution to my clients. I am loving. I am giving. I am. And you I say lo- to I each love other? my wife. I love my <laughs> wife. I love my husband. <laughs> so just real practical. Mm-hmm. Do you have these written down? Are they beside your bed, or are they written down at some point into where they're so internalized that you can just pop them out? They are, and depending on mm. what my day is, I will also journal. Mm. I will write out what I want to receive as well. Mm. Does that happen every day or do you ever miss it on a day? And if you do, what does that look like? Yes. Do you notice a difference? Oh, quite a difference. Hmm. If I see something negative when I'm driving, I'll say, oh, I didn't do my affirmations this morning and Mm. I'll do them while I'm driving in the car. What I'm hearing you saying that is it's not so much as what you observe. Mm Mm-hmm. What I hear you saying is what you observe about you observing yes. that. Like you saw that. You noticed that. Yes. And that's not where you want to live. No. You can acknowledge it, but you can't give any energy to it. Absolutely. Oh, gosh. It's fantastic stuff. We have an expression <laughs> in the company called going from good to great and great to greatness. Mm. And greatness is always walking in the conversation of excellence. Mm. Keep feeding yourself positive energy every day. Mm-hmm. And each of us can feed ourselves positive energy mm-hmm. just by saying affirmations. Mm. By making your declarations every day, it's just a reminder. It keeps you present yes, mm, of what you're doing. So we say our affirmations together in the morning. Mm. And then I get in the car on the way to work, and I say some business affirmations. Nice. And please accept these uh, within your individual faith. Yeah. You know, I am a powerful spirit. Mm. I am walking in joy. Mm. I am full of energy. I'm walking in abundance. I'm a major contribution to my clients. Mm. And I'm walking in the positive outcome. Mm. What did that take? Uh, 10, 12 seconds mm-hmm. to say those? Right. But I'm pretty grounded by the time I step in uh, the door at the office. And throughout the day, day, you'll start seeing your blessings. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I start seeing them, I'm giving thanks Mm -hmm. throughout the whole entire day. Yeah, it's not by accident, is it? I mean, what I'm hearing both of you say is, I think all of us are looking for cheerleaders. And we find them in life, right? Mm -hmm. But what I'm hearing you say is you've got to be your own personal cheerleader. Yes. You're not dependent on anybody else to do that for you, mm-hmm. to give you that, which also leads to the fact that if you're doing that for yourself, what I hear is, well, then you're not going to be, you're not going to be depleted by their circumstances, or they don't get to sell you their story mm-hmm. on why you need to be as miserable as they are. Right. <laughs> is that right? This world is, we're in interesting times just because of social media. You know, I was talking to a, an audience last week, I was talking about, you know, be careful because I do the same thing, you know, pretty much I try and give myself um, news fasts so that I don't get bought into it. You know, I think we're in a season where anything that's bad that's happening in the world can be quickly picked out of each country, each state, and it can be put on social media. And that can actually represent exactly what's happening in the world. Yeah. And I thought and thought if you could do the complete opposite. So where you actually said on social media, the only thing you can post is positive, exciting, yes. good news stories. Solutions. What would it look like? Mm-hmm. Because the truth matters, the world is, it has both. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you believe one or the other, you're probably, you know, you're missing out on something. Yes. Right. But at the same time, as I often thought that would be a fascinating experiment to do and to see how people's dispositions would change because they were looking at what is going right in the world and yes. what is and what I'm hearing you guys say is, is something that Zigzigri's talking about just having an attitude of gratitude but at the same time is I think it's easy to hear a statement like that but not know how to practically apply it and that's why I like the book I really like the book the Speaking the Language of Miracles is it's an interesting book because it has some stories it has some quotes but it has affirmations in it yes it has specifically the affirmations that you use, which I think, mm-hmm. for me, I learn from other people's experience a lot of times. Like, okay, what's my version of that? But I also like the fact that it does have practical tips and things you can do when you get in trouble. Yes. And all the things that you guys did in order to get through your season with Brandon and then also what you did in the business. So it's a great little read. It's my kind of book. But what's your hope for this book? What are you guys hoping will happen with this book? My goal for writing this is to remind everyone, again, that the situation is not who they are. Mm. The illness is not who they are. Mm. That they are much more powerful, Mm -hmm. what is inside of them, than any situation on this planet. Mm. And again, the fastest way out of the situation is to walk in solutions. I can't say it enough. My goal also for writing this book is I want to have in every hospital written on every gown, remember the illness is not who I am. Mm. And it's that simple. Mm. You don't have to talk about the illness because the illness will persist Mm. if you talk about it. Talk about the outcome of Mm. who you are. It's like a billboard for doctors. Like, stop talking about my illness. Doctors love it. Doctors love it. Fantastic. Doctors have told me it gets them out of burnout and it reminds yeah. them yeah. of the patient that they're not the illness. Mm. So that way they're walking in solutions. Well, it's a great book. Um, you guys are a great couple. I've been lifted up by this conversation, to be honest with you. And I come from a country where this sounds, and a part of me is also like, I have a hard time buying into some of it. Mm-hmm. But yet, as you're talking, I'm like, well, I've experienced that. And it's a reminder of, why don't I experience that more? Why don't I eat from that table more rather than your circumstances? So this has really given me a lift. And then while I was, there was two very close friends of mine that thought I was the worst mom because I wasn't crying. Mm. I wasn't. didn't come apart. I didn't come apart, and I wasn't walking in the situation. Mm. They thought, again, I'm still best friends with them today, Mm -hmm. but at that time... They couldn't see it, and I would not allow them to go in Brandon's room and feel sorry for him. But you said you're you're still in relationship. With I them. am. So and what's shifted for them? They see it now. Did they embrace it in their own life? Yes, they have. Their brother got colon cancer, mm. and so that's where she has helped her brother beat this, mm. and he's all over this. Well, I think it's going to do great things. And I hope um, a lot of folks go online and look for your book, Speaking the Language of Miracles. I hope they download it or they go and listen to you. You're going to be reading it here. No, thank you and, so um, much. I hope they go and buy it because it is a great reminder and it's very practical. And I like that. We have a little tradition here at the show where we ask some rapid fire questions. Are you guys up for a few <laughs> questions? <laughs> yes. And they don't have to be the same. So I'll ask yeah. it. We'll go ladies first and then Lennox. You can follow because she'll give you the right answer. Yes. Okay. Totally. That's what I flirt. Okay. You ready? Sure. Okay, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? That you're most powerful 
when you're present. Mm. And that's what we were every day for eight months living in the hospital. Mm-hmm. We were present every single day. It's mm. good. That's great. What about you, Lennox? One of my favorite words is uh, possibility. Mm. And going through many, many seminars, personal achievement seminars, of thinking about the future in all the areas of life, what's possible, and then getting into conversation, getting help where I needed it to be able to move towards that. Mm. Yeah, that's good. All right, what one talent or gift do you wish you possessed that you currently don't? Hmm. You're good. I am. You got what you need. I know. It's like <laughs> I love it. I'm like I'm. I'm using what I have. I can see it. It's fantastic. There's no wishing for something else than what you have. No. Love it. What about you, Lennox? Well, I could be all business 24 hours a day, but luckily I'm married, <laughs> and and uh, Deanna's brought so much more uh, joy in uh, relationships and helped create balance in life. And it's uh, just being more uh, personally aware of that, creating boundaries of time for work so that I can enjoy life uh, to a greater degree. Well, I love that. And then also I'm going to out you a little bit because I have seen some of the videos you've done for your company. So I'm not telling you, but if you go online, you'll see Lennox Scott performing as Michael Jackson. Um, I've seen him do various skits that he's done for either charity or for his company. And he is a closet actor. Yes. Uh, so, But it's not something you don't have, you have, and they're very good. Yeah. Um, what book has been most instrumental in your life? The Bible. Hmm. I read the Bible when I was six years old. My mom never took me to church. Hmm. And when I was six years old reading it, it wasn't a children's book. (laughs) Hmm. It wasn't a children's Bible. Hmm. But at six years old, reading the adult version of the Bible, front to back, over Hmm. and over, gave me my foundation. Hmm. Wow, six years of age. That's amazing. What about you, Lennox? Well, in addition to personal faith, what really triggered me uh, forward for uh, looking into the future was actually back in high school. It was a book called Future Shock, Hmm. and it was looking forward 20 years into the future, Hmm. and it just opened up all sorts of thinking. At the same time, I went through a personal achievement seminar Hmm. that also threw me into that Hmm. context of looking forward. Hmm. So both those at the same time really help set the strategy component of our journey. And it's called what? Future? Uh, it was called Future Shock. Future Shock. I'm look that one up. That's great. Favorite song? Oh, there's so many of them. Um, you can pick a genre if you like. Oh, I like so many artists. Can't just pick one. I know. I can't. Is there a genre? Is there country I, I lo- and western? I is love it? country. I do a little I, rap at all. I do. Yuck, little, I oh, love rap. Yeah, I can rap. see you dropping the beat. I love reggae. I, love I, I play the congas. Do you? I do. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Well, we have a couple that we love. We love uh, Over the Rainbow. Oh, and we love uh, It's a Wonderful World. Yes. Mm. But uh, we, we like listening to uh, to country and, and all, all sorts of music. Is there a movie that you watch over and over? favorite movie oh my gosh the notebook (laughs) the notebook all right there you go (laughs) lennox is looking by his shoulders he's like i've watched this about 30 times you answered for both of you that's fantastic oh he's passing napkin that's great (laughs) i love it was that it's got to be yours now oh it's a great movie all right we'll go with that well you guys honestly it's been great 
it's given me a lift chatting with you here today and no doubt it's given a lot of folks who are driving around listening today and I hope that they give it a try at least put their foot in the water and see if they can adopt some of what you're doing and see what the difference is everyone has these gifts with inside themselves everyone is so powerful Hmm. and with listening to some counselors with some of my friends say that oh it'll take you 20 years to get over this or 10 years to get over this I'm saying no today today (laughs) when you have the right mindset it's great your outcome can happen in an instant Mm, that's awesome excellent well I can't thank you enough for taking the time a lot of good stuff here speaking the language of miracles go and pick up a copy I think it'll help you really really fun stuff in there real practical stuff and doable. So, Mr. and Mrs. Scott, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. We're also on Android, so download your favorite app from Google Play and tune in for free. We love hearing the feedback and the reviews help us to let us know the kind of stuff that you're enjoying listening to. You know, our goal is to positively influence as many folks as we can, so please share it with others. And as I finish today... I'd like to leave you with an Irish blessing our grandfather always said. May the rose rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. Thanks again to the Scots. To experience Speaking the Language of Miracles, order the print edition, ebook, or audiobook at Amazon, iTunes, BarnesandNoble.com, iBooks, and Audible. You can pre-order it now, and it ships in early September. In the meantime, head over to speakingthelanguageofmiracles.com. Miracles.com.